everyone. Welcome back to Babylon 5 versus DS9, the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. But tonight, we're not talking about anything that's the greatest in the galaxy. We're talking about a cartoon called Star Trek Prodigy that's for children. I am Bob from Cascadia. That's Matt from the Southland. How you doing tonight, Matt? I'm, I'm doing all right. Got to watch this episode of this baby cartoon. It's great. It's for children. Yeah, yeah, yep, it's for yep. children. And yet grown men are watching it and complaining about it, like us. It's, yep. uh, it's a weird world we live in, Matt. It's very weird. Season 1, Episode 4, Dreamcatcher of Star Trek Prodigy. Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. All right, so let's just open this one up here. So when I started the episode, I got a commercial. I got one for a cartoon called The Loud House. I mean, that sounds like a cool house to party at, Matt. No, it, it looked like a really crappy cartoon. You you don't want to get loud at the Loud House? I think it was a Christmas-themed cartoon. Ooh, ooh, that doesn't sound promising. Yeah. Yes, I uh, also got a cartoon. Uh, I got an ad for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Well, damn. The show's reaching our demographic. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I guess they have a very clear sense of who's actually watching this thing on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any kids watching this show. It, Apparently, streaming services are notoriously tight-fisted with their viewership data, but I would be really, really curious to know what the breakdown of people watching this show is between actual children and sad 30-something uh, manlets like you and me. Can they not just put, like, ads for Picard or Discovery or something? I mean, honestly, I don't love ads for stuff I'm going to watch because I don't want to see scenes that, you know, might ruin the scenes for me when I'm actually watching the thing which is famously what happened to me when I watched uh, The Dark Knight. I mean, not famous to anyone but me, but famously for me. So I just, I would just rather not relive the trauma of figuring out that Commissioner Gordon was not dead in The Dark Knight because the trailer ruined that. I think it's sad you thought Commissioner Gordon was going to die Dark Knight. No, I didn't think he was going to die because he died before he said lines that he said in the trailer, so I knew that he wasn't dead. I know, but you really thought he was going to die. I mean, come on. It's not going to happen. Well, no. I, at no point did I think he was going to die because... It didn't ruin anything. <laughs> no, because it, it's, a, it's a fucking movie, and it's Christopher Nolan who had a lot more editorial independence than someone like Whedon or Snyder. And so it's entirely plausible that he could have killed off Gordon in the same way that, like, Titan Season 3 killed off Alfred. Oh, Bob. So let's get back to this show. i got to get back to this baby show. Okay, so last time you correctly faulted me for not paying attention during the opening credit scene and not noticing the giant hand. I did watch the opening credit scene more closely. I did see the giant hand. It doesn't look like it's hologram Janeway's hand. It kind of looks like it's the hand of a celestial from Marvel Comics. Yeah, it's like a manly hand. Janeway doesn't have a manly hand. Kind of looks like a like a robot hand or like a space yeah. god hand more than a man hand, I would say. Yeah. But uh, not not great. I would. I still like the Prodigy opening better than Picard or Disco, but it, I, it's still not great. Okay, quick question. Why do they call this show Prodigy? What have I missed? Just the meaning of the word Prodigy, you know. But they're not smart. Dahl is sort of smart, although <sighs> he's not, He's. I mean, he's the worst, but like the show wants you to think he's smart. I just don't get the impression they're Prodigies. Yeah, so did you catch that they uh, called the system that they visit with the planet the Herogen system, Matt? Yeah, is that not where, like, the Predator people live, the Voyager dudes? <laughs> yeah, so in Voyager, there's, like, Predator knockoffs called the Herogen, and yeah, although they are nomadic people, and so maybe they've just totally deserted 
their home world, but it's still called the Herogen homeworld. Those things are scary as hell. It's like if you live in the Delta Quadrant, you got to be scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vidians are pretty scary. Kazon, they're not scary. Kazon no, are pathetic. Kazon's but the right. Vidians and the Borg and the Herogen, all pretty intimidating. The Malons, not so intimidating. So, uh, one big thing that happens this episode, Bob, is that the Protostar actually lands on this planet, which is highly unusual for a starship to land on a planet other than we've seen it with Voyager, and I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of interesting that they're going all in on that. And I guess it makes sense because we already did see the protostar buried, right, when they say that in the pilot. So that did sort of imply that it could land already. But yeah, it's interesting to see them follow through on that. Yeah, I guess if you have a smaller starship, you can land because like the bigger ones can't. Like the Enterprise. Well, not D. all of them. The Defiant definitely can't. But I mean, the Defiant's also so stripped down that it's not designed to do much. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we we didn't put landing gear on it. We want to make sure it was nice and light. That's <laughs> like yeah, travel yeah. it warp whatever. It, yeah. The Defiant's uh, only good for one thing, and that's blowing up Borg. It, it what's it gonna do landing? Blowing up shit. That's what it's good for. Yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of call. funny that um, they land and it turns into a two-parter. And the only Voyager episode I remember where they land also is a two-parter. Although I think there's more than one episode where they land. One I do remember where they land was a two-parter. Don't worry, dear listeners. I looked it up. There were four episodes where Voyager landed. Is one of those the time travel one timeless, I think it is? I believe so. I did not look Okay, that, that one kind of doesn't count because it's like in the far future. It still lands. <laughs> they land in basics which is the two-parter with the kazon where the kazon hijacked the ship yes and do they land in the 37s the one where they meet amelia Earhart? yes that's the other one there you okay. go four episodes oh man i know i know voyager even better than i thought you go man you go okay so we got the landing your piece that was a big thing for me when this episode but also janeway introduces them to like all the star trek gear I guess, yeah. once again, I'm going back to this whole thing of what they're trying to make this where, like, you're introducing basic concepts to kids about Star Gotta Trek. hook them young, Matt. Gotta like, hook them here, young. Here's a tricorder. You beep, 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 beep. It track things with it and see what's going on and check vitals. This is a phaser. I do like that the kid's first instinct is to hold the phaser backwards. That's a pretty good gag and a pretty good point about how ridiculously designed the hand phasers are. Yeah, they are really stupid looking. And then I did really love the gag of Jenkin Pog staying in the spacesuit on the M-Class planet. I thought that was a pretty funny gag. Although, really, it was just a setup for some really stupid fart jokes. It's going to be a really great Series 2 action figure. I'm excited. <laughs> Jenkin Pog in a spacesuit. So, I, I already hated Dahl from, like, the first time he was on screen. But I'm coming to really not like Rock Talk. Are you there with me? Oh, yeah. Rock Talk is obnoxious. It was like the cuteness crap they're going for where they're trying to make her like a stuffed rock animal or something. I don't know what she, she's just weird. I can't. I, I don't like the voice. I don't like the little creatures that kind of like tribbles. Mm, you know what I'm mm, talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah her, like, imagi her imaginary friends. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we really didn't go into the plot details because we're not doing that with this particular, but yeah. I'll just I'll just let yeah. you know. The basic idea is they land on a planet where each one of them has, like, their dreams come true, but really their dreams are being controlled by these, like, creatures that look like poison ivy's vines. Would it be fair to say that um, you don't like the new tribbles that Rock Talk imagines, Matt? Yeah, I, have, I know. I did not care for any of that crap. That was dumb. So Rock Talk has, that's her thing. Jankum Pogs is that he gets like this little house where he gets to eat all the time or something. Is that what it is? 
I honestly wasn't paying that much yeah, attention. That was, that's my problem. I lost my attention at that part. But then the other one, what's the other character? The little Dolph. robot thing. No, oh, the robot Zero. Thing. Zero. Zero She's goes not in. a robot. She's a Medusan. Or Damn it's it. a Medusan. Okay, it looks like a fucking floating robot. Anyway. It's in a containment <laughs> suit, bro. It's in a containment suit. Okay, the Vorlon. Is... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, Zero goes into this like maze thing, and then finds the ship's computer like in the center of it talking to her. It was weird. And then the one who was in a what's what's the name of the character the the daughter who they have in the brig right now? Oh, why why would you ask me a question like that? I don't know. She's got the cool hand thing. Anyway, she has her the daughter of the progenitor is the yeah. best I can give you. Yeah, she just wants to be successful. I think is hers. And then Doll, I guess, wants to meet his parents. Did you notice that? Yeah, or he wants to meet you know an approving Janeway as a sort of substitute for his parents. Yeah, he's an orphan. So, I mean, I, I called this early, but Dahl really is just Chris Pine as Newkirk. I mean, just going nuts with the joyriding. Oh, yeah. that's That kind of crap was not introduced until the Star Trek Next Gen movies, right? Like the little, like, all-terrain vehicle things. In one of the animated series episodes, I think you see an underwater shuttle. But I, and I think in some of the technical manuals, there had been mentions of kind of like ATVs on either the 1701 or the, or the 1701D. But yeah, I, th I think it, this is, I think Insurrection and then Chris Pine joyriding in Star Trek 08 and Nemesis 2 was the, the first time you really saw like ATV stuff in Star Trek. Yeah, that needs to go away. It's really lame. They're also copying it somewhat from Mass Effect. Which is oh, okay, game. they are. I, I, I'm aware that it's a video game. That's all I'm aware of, but I am aware that it's a video game. Yeah, so one, th one little bit of lore I did kind of want to uh, put a pin in. So did you catch on when Jankum Pog was talking about teller sleeper ships? Yeah, I, uh, vaguely, but aren't they like part of the, uh, aren't they part of the Federation? Yeah. So like the Tellerites are like founding members of the Federation, like with the Vulcans and the humans and the Andorians. And then I don't think we know what species doll is, but Rotok is a Bryker. And at least in the novels, Brikers are members of the Federation. They've never been introduced on screen before, but in the novels, they're like a known member of the Federation in the 24th century. And then um, Zero is a Medusan, and they're members of the Federation in the 23rd century. So it's kind of seemed weird that like a Tellarite and a Medusan and a Bryker don't know what the Federation or Starfleet is. And it also has been kind of weird that like, we have these alpha quadrant species, the Bryker, the Tellarite, and the uh, Medusan, but we also have the mention of the Herogan, which, you know, that's the delta quadrant species from Voyager. And then we saw a Kazon in the uh, first episode, and that's another delta quadrant species, although it's worth noting that the Kazon aren't necessarily anywhere near the Herogen because of the way Voyager, like, skips ahead in its journey. The theory I saw on Twitter that tries to explain this is... They think that the Tellarite sleeper ship means that we're like in the Delta Quadrant and that this Medusan, Bryker, and Tellarite are like the children of like Federation explorers who got sent to the Delta Quadrant, but something went wrong. And that's why they know nothing about the Federation or the Starfleet or where their parents are. Oh, that's a good theory. My theory is this, Bob. Do you know what all the government organizations that our people belong to? Say that again. Do you know all of like the government organizations that our people belong to? Who are our people? 
Americans, the United States of Americans. Yeah, like we're all in the U.S., Matt. Yeah, but like what else are we part of? But you're – no, 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 no. What this else are we not... part of, Bob? The Federation isn't the U.N., Matt. It's a sovereign nation. It's like the. It's more like the U.S. than it's like the U.N. What else are we part of, Bob? Are we part of any other things? Are we part of the Paris Climate Accord? Are we part of the United Matt, Nations? If you're it, are we like, part of it's n- no, no, your, your, your point is entirely ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it's not that they're not like, oh, I don't know if we're in the Paris Climate Accord. They've never heard of the Federation or of Starfleet. How old are these kids, Bob? Like, you would, an eight-year-old <laughs> knows what the U.S. government is, Matt. Bullshit, an eight-year-old they do knows not. what the U.S. Army is. <laughs> they know what the Army is. They don't know anything else. You ask, a, you ask an they know. They know that they live in the United States of America or, or in France or in Canada, and they probably know what state they live in, Okay, too. but now you explain Yes, that that's often. precisely the yeah. equivalent. So they know what planet they're from, but that's about it. They're not going to know all this crap. They're no, not know, that, like, God damn it. It's... <laughs> Like, a fucking eight-year-old knows what state they live in, no, they and they don't. know what country they live Bullshit. in. Yes, they, they do. I work with them all the time. They don't. They don't have a clue. All right, your kids don't know because you're a very bad teacher. <laughs> Look, Matt, I am going to go into my neighborhood and run around <laughs> until I find a seven-year-old, and then I'm going to scream at that seven-year-old, what state and what nation are you in? And in between sobbing because I'm screaming at it, the child will say that they're in Washington State and the United States of fucking America. I like how you said it. <laughs> it's a thing. Yes. <laughs> but here they, they get gendered pronouns when they hit age 18, not before. So... <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I'm just saying, Bob, if they grew up on Rocktor or wherever all these are, play- like, where, where does Rocktor live? Rocktor is not the planet. Rocktor Rock- is the Briker. Shit, where does the Bri- where the Briker live? What planet? Briker. Okay, Briker. They live on the planet Briker. Okay, cool. But she they know they live on, on Briker. They don't know anything. They don't know shit about the Federation and how they're part of that. They don't know. Like, you, like here's bro- what do they, they do? They sit like in the, school? the the Federation is the equivalent to the Dominion. It's not the or the it's equivalent to the Klingon Empire. It's not the equivalent to the Paris Climate Accord. So you think they sit in school and they're like, okay, here's the planet Bryker. You live in this planet, which is part of this Federation of planets. You think they do that? Yes. No, they especially, don't. especially because in the 24th century, education has advanced beyond you, Matt. But they all live in a goddamn mine. They don't know. What are they learning anyway? Where are they, who are they learning from? Like, so, okay, it would maybe make sense that they're in the Alpha Quadrant if, like, these kids are, like, child trafficking victims. And, like, they're <laughs> stolen from their homes at, like, the age, you know, like, the age of three before they really have coherent identities or coherent memories or coherent senses of their citizenship. Like, okay, in that sense, yeah, I guess it would make sense. But, like, it's, like, you understand that it's very weird. Like, it would also be weird if they were humans or Vulcans who are just like, yeah, I no idea what Federation or Starfleet is. Like, there's probably some sort of plot explanation for that. I'm just saying, I, I just think your sleeper ship theory is kind of like, it's a little weird. It's not a fucking theory! He says it's a fucking sleeper ship in the fucking cartoon no. that's for fucking children, but I'm not going to stop saying fucking because you're really annoying me. All right, Bob. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Let's move on. So... Uh, I thought I, I I thought I disliked the cartoon, but I just discovered it's really you I dislike, yeah. Matt. <laughs> well, K 
can we at least both agree though that the progenitor is definitely emperor palpatine yes he could not be more emperor palpatine honestly if i were disney i would sue yeah i mean i I called it first episode you did Uh, you did i also want to confirm though that he knew about that ship because he was training his daughter to fly the damn thing so yeah you're right you're right i was wrong you were right but you were very very wrong earlier this episode i paid more attention to the cartoon than you did (laughs) you're gonna be so pissed when when they when they do confirm my theory though that those kids just don't pay attention in school. Just they're just dumb. They're just yeah. the dumbest kids you've ever met. Even in the 24th century, where pedagogy has made leaps yeah. and bounds over the backwardness of the 21st century, they're just real dumb kids. Maybe that's what that's what's called prodigy. <laughs> it's it's ironic, actually. It turns out, actually, these are the dumbest kids you've ever met. Exactly. That's the whole point. All right, Matt. So even though I now don't think I respect your opinion anymore and I'm very bitter (laughs) and I'm very hostile, I do have an important question to ask you as my native informant about children, since you work with more children than I do. And my question for you is, do small babies like cliffhangers? (laughs) No, they don't. Okay, okay. I I thought a cliffhanger for this cartoon was a bad choice, but I'm glad you, as the baby whisperer, who's telling (laughs) me that a child doesn't know what state or what nation they live in, even at age eight, I'm glad you've confirmed my suspicion that they probably don't like uh, cliffhangers and they probably have no sense of time. It's true. They have a six-minute attention span, basically, so it's probably why they combine the first two episodes into one. Yeah, that was that was that made a lot of sense actually. Really, it's supposed to be a two-parter, but they're like, oh, we got to at least like get the whole plot in for these kids because they're not gonna they're not gonna watch the next one. So what you're saying, Matt, is that um, with our short attention spans, there's a good chance we might not cover episode five. Well, no, I'll watch I'll watch episode five. I gotta know what happens. <laughs> I gotta know what happens. I gotta make sure that the protostar wasn't destroyed and that uh, that shuttlecraft that the that girl with the braids or whatever she's not dead. Oh, we left out Murph in this episode. Poor Murph. I mean, there wasn't much to say about Murph. He was just chilling with Janeway. Or it was just chilling with Janeway. Well, he kind of made somewhat friends with, uh, what is her damn name? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. The daughter of the progenitor. Yeah, whatever's in her. Yeah. She, she maybe we could, since it's a Star Wars knockoff, maybe we should just call her Mara Jade. Let's just call her Mara Jade. That sounds good to me. All right. So, yeah, Murph and Mara Jade, BFFs. Forever. I have to say, Matt, I, uh, starting this episode, I had an annoying morning at work, and you know, I, I didn't like watching this cartoon for children, but after yelling at you uh, for, uh, for trying to poke holes in my theory, I, I actually feel a lot better. I feel like I've been through therapy. I feel whole. So thank you for letting me yell at you. You're welcome, Bob. I'm glad you could take out your rage on me. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, it's, it's you or the cat, and the cat doesn't deserve it. No, hell no. Hey, no cations this episode. Aw. That was a sad sadness. We'll always have the Cation in the pilot, though. Yeah. All I right. mean, Cations weren't in every episode of the original animated series, either. Just most of them. <laughs> Cations. Right. Oh, now, now you're going to try and trigger me about that, huh? No, no, just no, not I, I see, I see what you're doing. I I'm not. You can have your Cations. I got, I, got, I got my eye on you. You know, I use a litter box. I mean, it seems likely, given their fondness for boxes. I don't think there's been a joke about it on... Uh, lower decks yet though although i mean given that you can actually train like real cats to use toilets i mean you know the cation could probably get by on a real toilet all right i'm glad we got that solved oh funny story uh so an ex-girlfriend of mine has a cat 
and uh, she was getting really, really angry at her husband for like several months for not flushing uh, the toilet <laughs> until one night she realized that it wasn't her husband. It was just the cat. Oh, the cat was using the toilet. The cat was using the toilet, man. They're smart. That's impressive. The little little prodigy of a cat. Ew. I mean, we're never going to get a better sign-off line than that. So this has been the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. The guy yelling was Bob. The guy being very patient while being yelled at was Matt. And uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening, guys.